minutes after 12 is the time. Thank goodness for Mystery Hour, your weekly opportunity to achieve the sort of satisfaction that's not ordinarily available anywhere else on your radio dial. And I have a plethora of phone lines. Caroline's in a bit of a mood today. She's going to be very, very picky and choosy with the questions. I've already had to insist that Lawrence and Isha be allowed on because she didn't like the look cut of his jib when he first rang in. It means that you've got a better chance of getting through than you usually do. Hit the numbers now and you will actually get through, which is very rarely the case at three minutes after 12 on a Thursday afternoon. 0345 6060973 is the number you need. But what is Mystery Hour, James? Say some of the new listeners responsible for the uh, 193% increase in listening hours to this programme over the course of the last 12 months. Well, I'll explain, says James, if you just give me a chance. It's about those little questions bubbling away in the back of your brain that uh, you know probably have an answer, but you're damned if you've been able to find it yourself. The who's, the why's, the wherefore's, the withers, even the occasional whence. Oh, and don't forget the what's. Never forget the what's. Did you know that James Watt nicked the idea for the steam engine off... Oh, no, I've forgotten his name, off the brother of somebody really famous. Oh, it'll come to me. Anyway, I digress slightly, and the phone board's full now, so be, be patient and be quick. Judicious use of redial is the answer. That's the, that's the trick you need to do. Um, I see it as the radio equivalent of one of those newspaper features where you write in with a question and then someone writes in a few weeks later with the answer, except today you get the answer live. Anything you want, uh, as long as it's sensible. We don't generally like motoring questions, as we proved yesterday. Motoring, and, and for me at least, motoring and radio. Do you know what it is? It's enthusiasm. So if I loved motoring, if I was a real petrol head, I could probably make motoring issues more interesting. But because I'm not, I can't. Uh, and that's a fairly reliable indicator for Mystery Hour as well. If you're thinking about asking me a question related to motoring, the chances are that you won't get on. Uh, otherwise, repetition is the only rule. Uh, try not to ask something that we've asked relatively recently. Obviously, you wouldn't know whether we'd asked it relatively... Look at that, we've got a call from Minneapolis on the board already. But the, um, uh, the, the archive at the website, lbc.co.uk, provides you with a little heads up. Uh, anything else? I, I kind of... No? Anyone? Bueller? We all good? Should we just crack on? And if you don't know what I'm blethering on about, you'll work it out. Lawrence is Anisha. Lawrence, can I apologise for, for Caroline turning her nose up at your question? Oh, she's a toughie, isn't she? She really is, mate. You should try working with her every day. What well, have we... try to... She's cut him off. Did you just cut him off? You can't cut off Lawrence. Get Lawrence. You absolute tyrant. Get him back on that. That's outrageous. Tony's in Hoban. Tony, question or answer? Hi, James. Hello, uh, it's a question. That's, Hello. Yeah, just, just, um, just keep, keep, now, keep your hair on, mate, because p- people are getting cut off if they're rude about the producer. I don't like this at all. Go no, on. she's very nice, and I haven't got much hair, so oh, okay. Go on, then. Um, right, you know when you say, sometimes, uh, when you kind of tone it down, and you say, for Pete's sake... <laughs> yeah, you do, if you're di- diplomatic and... and, and, and if you're diplomatic, yes. yeah, exactly. Well, I want to know who Pete is. Now, it might sound a daft question, but... Somebody must have attributed the name Pete rather than James or Tony or anybody else. Yeah. Because we do use that word, Pete, instead of, for example, God's sake. Yeah, or, or the, the, the even more ruder one that yeah. appears in the, in the acronyms. Yeah. So, for Pete's sake. Who was well, Pete for Pete's sake? Who was he for Pete's sake? <laughs> for Pete's sake. Why do you want to know? Is it just Because this might be one for Wayne in Basildon, who swallowed Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable a few years ago in the hope of upping yeah. his mystery hour at rounds of applause. But Caroline doesn't let him on either. No, I was, I was in a discussion with somebody about Donald Trump, so yeah. he mentioned his name, Oof. and somebody said, for Pete's sake, Tony, and I said, hang on a minute, I'm going to ask James who Pete is, because he'll know. James doesn't know. Oh, you don't know? No. Oh, Pete's Dragon. I can think of famous Pete's, but not many. Peter Purvis. It predates Peter Purvis. 
Peter Pan. Saint Peter Pan. Peter. Oh, Saint Peter. Peter Pan. Saint oh, Peter. Mm. Probably so the old saint. Right, you're on. I'll find out for you. For Pete's sake, we'll get you an answer. Th- right, he's back. Lawrence, I have no idea what happened there. I've got a sneaking suspicion you might have been censored. Your free speech might have been denied. <laughs> Good afternoon, James. Hello, Lawrence. Question yeah, or I answer? I couldn't even get in with a dental answer last week on the, tooth- on the toothbrush question, but I will let that I don't know if she's familiar enough with the heritage of the programme, Lawrence. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Uh, she doesn't know what a, what a crucial role you've played over the years particularly in the arena of dentistry, a profession from which you're now retired, I recall. Remember, well, Did yes. you see? I live in Surrey, James. Yes. And my wife and I heard that we live in the home counties. Yes. What are the home... And what and why are the home counties called? I think that's a lovely question. I've often wondered it myself. Why would that not come straight through on the board, Lawrence? I don't understand. Oh, well... The home counties. Oh, good, good for you, good for you. If you get a dental question, I'll be on the phone. You're not the only dentist that listens to the program, retired or otherwise. But, (laughs) but, 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 I I don't say this to any of the others. You are my favourite. Bless you. (laughs) Bless you, Lawrence. Eight minutes after twelve is the time. Why home counties? Why, for example, isn't Worcestershire a home county? I wonder if it's something to do with royals having had homes there in the past. Probably not. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is the number you need if you can answer that. And who's Pete, for Pete's sake? Saul is in Gateshead. Saul, question or answer? Question. Carry on. Um, If I've got two items the same size but different weights and I drop them from a height, they both hit the floor at the same time. Yeah. You haven't um, turned your radio it, off, have you? No, there yeah. it is, it's off. Yeah, no, I kind of I get a little bit... I get a bit silly about that. It really, really annoys me, because I know you're told to, and then you think you know better than the people that have told you to, and then it messes up the experience for everybody. But I'll try not to be a grumpy pants. What's your question, Saul? No. So I've got two items, um, same size, different weights. Yeah. And I drop them from a height. They'll both hit the floor at the same time. Why is that? Well, it's not true. Well, well, if you're high, if you're high up enough, I guess they might both reach terminal velocity and hit the floor. I, no, I don't think that's true. How did you get well, off? I've, I've tried it in a room where there's, you don't have the air factor or anything, and they both hit the floor. In time, I've, I've tried it from height. So, if you dropped well. a slice of toast and a, and a slice of bread, you think they'd hit the floor? Well, a slice of toast covered in jam, and a slice of toast with nothing on it at all, you think they'd hit the floor at the same time? Yeah. I, I, okay, I, and you want to know why? Yeah. See, for me, no offence, and it's not just because you left the radio on, this is like the definition of a rubbish question. I hear, I hear. I than nothing. Well, I don't know that I agree with you. Stan is in Euston. Stan, come on, mate, you raise the bar. We've got a couple of good ones on the board, and then that weird one about <laughs> dropping stuff. What have you got for me? I, I want to know how fast a mouse can run. Oh, for goodness he... sake! What no, is happening really. to my mystery hour? No, listen, I, I've seen a mouse... Chase my wife across the kitchen, nearly catch her up, right? So, as in the size, if you had a mouse the size of a car, what sort of size would that go? How fast can that go? I am the British Broadcast... What's it called again? Anyway, I won a very important award. This is still the holder of the title, and we don't win very important awards or increase our audience by 193% in listening hours over the course of a 12-month period by asking questions about how fast a mouse could run if it was the size of a motor car. Well, or a spider. These things, they, they run at such velocity, why is it in miles per hour for if, in ratio of size? What, what is your you question? Know what I mean? No. What is and, your question? 
how fast can a mouse run retrospectively on its size? So it's 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 speed per inch. Yeah, it's size. You know what I mean? Because you've got, like, say, um, um, a leopard or something like that, and they run at, like, 80 miles an hour, don't they? But if a mouse was the same size, would it be roughly the same kind of speed? Obviously, it's not this, it can't keep up with it because it's so small. Yeah. So, you know, when you see them shoot, especially, like, field mice, they run at, like, it looks but like... But I don't know what you're... Comp- I don't understand what the answer would be. If someone rings up and says 10 miles an hour, James, is that it? I'll just give them a round of applause. <laughs> no, no. They, someone's worked it out that a mouse over a certain distance for the uh, retrospect size. Re- re- yeah, you, do you mean like an ant? You're sort of saying because they say that if 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 an ant was the size of a human, it'd be able to pick up the Empire State Building or a car. Yeah, because they've got so. Perfect. Is that what you're you're after? Something like that? Yeah, perfect. I see. I, get, I, just, I just read you like a book, Stan. Nobody yeah, else listening had the what? vaguest idea what you were blathering on about. I cut straight to the heart of it like a laser. Hence the reason you got the award. <laughs> Give me a round of applause. <laughs> Thank you very much, Stan. How fast can a mouse run? How fast would a... If a mouse was the size of a human, that's it, isn't it? If a mouse was the size of a human, would it be faster than Usain Bolt? How has my life come to this? 12 minutes after 12. Zach is in Minneapolis. Hopefully, hopefully a quick hop across the pond can see an improvement in per- performance on this week's Mystery Hour. Zach, question or answer? James, you know how to put the pressure on. Well, yeah, no, no pressure at all, Zach. Seriously, we're all friends here. Yeah, so what I'd like to know is uh, on, on TV programs and movies where they have a completely made-up language, think like games of Game of Thrones or something like that. Yes. Is that language a proper language? Do they actually spend the time to create structure and verbs and nouns and everything, or is it all just nonsense? I, I presume that there's not a catch-all answer to that question, so that some of them will be gobbledygook, but I, I, can, I can tell you that J.R.R. Tolkien, the, the, the author of um, the, the Lord of the Rings and, and The Hobbit and The Cimmerillion and other books, he, he was, a, I think his speciality as a, as, a, as a university professor was linguistics, and he constructed incredibly detailed accounts of the languages that he uses in the lord of the rings i don't think george rr R. martin who wrote game of thrones has undertaken any similar sort of work yeah so like you said i don't know if there will be a catch-all answer um so well, I, I know that it has happened in some cases but almost certainly some some languages in science fiction or in in sort of fiction will have been invented do you want a specific answer about game of thrones Oh, I guess to put it on the board, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, and, and whether or not the languages that the who I'm not really that familiar with Game of Thrones. What sort of characters are we talking about? Oh uh, well, there's there's quite a few different languages in the series. Is there? Um, so yeah. Oh, I like that. I like, so would they work? Could you speak? Because Klingon as well, Zach. The, the guy, right, I think right, you, and that's what got me thinking about. Yeah, it. Klingon is. You can speak Klingon, can't you? Well, not you personally. I oh, don't I imagine. <laughs> that would be quite a turn up. In yeah. fact, you could actually say whatever you wanted now and claim that you'd been speaking Klingon. I wouldn't possess any of the qualifications necessary to know whether you were telling the truth or not. Neither would I. Let's <laughs> find out. Are there languages in Game of Thrones specifically? Because we, we, we know with the example of Tolkien and the Klingons that you can construct a, a kind of fake language using all the rules of existing languages. I like that. 12.14 is the time. Professor Hal is here. Question or answer, Professor Hal? Hello. I'd like to talk about um, the one you were quite grumpy about earlier on, about the radio being turned off. Or turned on. What? You you um, gave someone a telling off for having their radio. Oh, on. the dropped items. If you drop two things that are the same shape but different weights, they'll hit the ground at the same time. That's not quite what he asked. He talked about two things with different weights 
or different masses. But funny enough, you mentioned Galileo about an hour ago or two hours Galileo ago. Galileo Figaro. Yes, and he he proved that... Um, That's what I was thinking about. He went up a clock tower and dropped some stuff off it, but I couldn't it, quite drag it up from the memory banks it, in time. The Leaning Tower of Pizza, actually. It was, wasn't it? Um, intuitively, heavy items, one thinks, should fall faster than light ones. But about two years ago, we had a question about... If, if an ant falls out of a tree, how, could, how can it survive? Yes. And it's all down to a, an experiment called the Monkey Hunter Experiment. And um, I've got it in front of me, because I wrote an article about it, so technically Ooh. I didn't look it up. I wrote it. And um, everything falls at the same rate, but light things appear to fall slower than heavy things because of um, the density of air. So if you imagine a feather floating down, yes. it'll seem to fall much... Um, but it's uh, resistance that's causing that, not, not yeah, velocity. So if you um, put um, a feather and a cannonball in a vacuum, they would fall at the same rate. So the answer to your caller's question is, um, in the absence of air, things would fall at the same rate. Yes, but, but he was wrong But when he said he... Because he, he, he can't have conducted his experiment in a room in the absence of air. Well, I couldn't. I turned my radio off. If like I, a good listener. If I, I drop two, if I drop two slices of toast from the same height, and one is covered in crunchy peanut butter, and one has got absolutely nothing on it, they're not going to hit the ground at the same time. Why won't they? I don't know. It was a, it was a sort of question, but that sounded like well, a if statement. You, if you eliminate all the variables, all other factors, is it cent centris paribus? One of your economist terms. Yeah. All other factors being equal, they will fall at the same rate. Really. Yes. In a vacuum? No, because a piece of toast with peanut butter and a piece of toast without peanut butter will be so similar, you're laughing with me or at me? I'm with you, always with you. <laughs> I'm laughing at your patience because I'm so thick at science. It's unbelievable. Anyway, School Science Review, September 2013, issue 95, page 350, page 93. Read all about it. I will. Can I, can, can I, can, will you sign my copy next time I see you? I'll put it in the melting mate. <laughs> it's 12-7. Round of applause for Professor Hal. Actually, because I haven't really been on the ball very well so far today at all, so I, I forgot to ask you what your qualifications are. I know everybody that listens regularly already knows, but for, for all the newbies, what, what, what are your qualifications? I'm very lucky to be the Professor of Public Understanding of Science at the University of Brighton. Boom. It's 12-17. 22 minutes after 12. Mystery or misery hour. <laughs> Open us. Some questions on the board. Origin of Pete's sake. I think we've probably answered that already in the course of asking the question, but I want it confirmed. And remember, I will ask you what your qualifications are. You don't have to be the Professor of the Public Understanding of Science at the University of Brighton, but you just need to tell me how you know that thing you know, what you just told us. Okay, so, so you will need to say, even if it is, I saw it on the telly last night, or, or it's the subject of my PhD thesis, it doesn't matter... But it, it, it needs to be established. Um, why are the home counties called the home counties? Uh, it, yeah, all right, whoever it is that just tweeted this question with a picture of Alan Partridge attached to it. If a mouse was the size of a human, how fast would it run? And why are you comparing me? It was Stan in Houston that asked the question. So make the Alan Partridge jokes about him. Um, it's a good question. You know when they say if an ant was a human, it would be able to pick up a car. It's got such an astonishing um, ability to lift things. If a mouse was the size of a 
Well, all right, I liked it. And um, the fake languages, it, Dothraki, someone's told me, in Game of Thrones, and I've had a lot of answers to that, uh, so I know there is an answer, but I, one of the rules I forgot to tell you is that I don't take anything except over the phones between 12 and 1 during mystery hour. So if you know the answer, and some of you on t- text and tweet provided brilliant answers, but I, I'm only going to take it over the phone. 24 minutes after 12 is the time. A couple of phone lines free. Be quick, um, but turning it over quite quickly today. Danny is in Ashford. Danny, question or answer? I've got a question, James. Carry on, mate. About a year ago, I started noticing that um, when I eat, I stick my tongue out. Before, if I'm eating a sandwich, I might touch the sandwich with my tongue. What? Uh, before I bite it, yeah. And um, I've never been conscious of it before. Yesterday, my brother-in-law mentioned that he felt like he was getting old. He started to stick his tongue out before he ate. Yeah. And I, I said to him, what do you mean? You're getting old for that. And he reckons Billy Connolly made a joke that it's a sign of age that you stick your tongue out to touch food before you eat it when you get old. Really? How old are you, Daddy? I'm 43. I'm hoping I'm not picking up old traits yet. Yeah. Do you do this when you... Do you make quite a lot of noise when you get up after sitting down for a while? Yeah, I make quite a lot of noise all the time. I come and move. Yeah. I, I, so you do... So you've got some food and you sort of... Te- like a cat, you test it with your tongue. I was about to do it. I was about to do it with the microphone holder, but Ferrari was slobbering all over this three hours ago, so I'm going to stay well away. No, might, might get some marmalade off it. Um, <laughs> He's not Paddington Bear, mate. So you, you use your tongue like a sort of like an antennae almost to like test. A guide, like a guide to the food. It's like it's sort of like something to, to touch the food before it, so I have to guide it into my mouth. I don't know. I just noticed it about a year ago. I thought that's weird. Have I always done that? Is that so? Is it an age thing? And your brother-in-law says it is, and that Billy Connolly made some jokes. So I'm just not aware of it myself. I'm not. No. Well, I wasn't. I was around. I was around his house yesterday. And he goes, "Oh, I'm getting old. I'm touching food with my tongue." It sounds a bit. I'm not going to lie to you, Danny. It sounds a bit gross, mate. It, what it does, it's it, look. And yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm baffled about it now. I'm just hoping it's not like you expect to go and visit your old granddad in the home and he's licking the food before he eats sticking it. Sticking your know. tongue out to taste your food before. I just want to know: is it a thing? Is it an old is it a thing? thing? Is it a thing? Is it a thing? Is it an old man's thing? What is it? What's going on? Yeah, we try. We try to have a look at it yesterday, and there weren't nothing. No, that's what we're here for. Someone, someone listening might know the answer, although I'm not personally in a... I wouldn't necessarily put money on it myself at this point in proceedings. Can we find out whether or not Danny's curious culinary habits are indicative of a wider generational shift, or if he's just a bit of a pleb? John's in Epsom. John, question or answer? Answer. Carry on. For Pete's sake. For Pete's sake. St. Peter, the man who looks after the pearly gates. You would presume so. Qualifications? Sunday school. Yeah, that'll do. It's, so it's a way of swearing without swearing. So instead of saying for for, for 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 you say Pete. Well, uh, yeah, any sort of taking a, a saint's name is regarded as swearing, which is why how I found out about it. Is it? So you yeah. said for Pete's sake, and you got told off. Yes. Well, it could have been. You should have said it could have been worse, Miss. I could have said. For, for yeah, well, I was seven, so I probably wouldn't have done that. No, indeed not. Nice round of applause, though. Is that is that the first time your Sunday school education has come in use to you as an adult? <laughs> To be honest, yes, it is. <laughs> well, better late than never, John. Ah, oh, nicely played. Uh, yeah, of course it is. It makes perfect sense. It's Saints Preservers wouldn't be blasphemy, would it? Or would it? I don't know. Uh, Lawrence is in Woodford. Second Lawrence of the hour. Lawrence, question or answer? That's a question, James. Carry on, Lawrence. If the Romans spoke Latin... Yes. ...but it was the Spanish that invaded South America, why is it called Latin America? Uh, because it is Latin in that context refers to a country whose native language, not native language, but whose prevalent language has been derived from Latin. Like the Spanish. Like Spanish and Italian. Okay, fair enough. Yeah? You're
Beautifully done. Nice question. I, I don't know why. I looked that up. For, it was one of my daughter's homework about six months ago. And, and, and that, that is definitely the answer. I can sort of almost see it in front of me. Um, I've got some phone lines free. I don't know why. I, I think it's partly because Caroline's got the hump and she's been very choosy. So if you've, if you've already tried and failed, don't ring back. You'll get your head bitten off. But if you haven't, give us a quick, <laughs> give us a quick ring now on 0345 there, there, There's room for questions. There's actually loads more room than there usually is at 28 minutes after 12. Um, the language of Dothraki in Game of Thrones, um, it, it, particularly in the TV series, is it a real language? We know that Klingon and, and uh, Tolkien really had complicated languages, but what, what's going on in Game of thrones if a mouse was the size of a human how fast would it be why are the home counties called the home counties we've done the weights and yeah the tongue is it a thing sticking your tongue out to sort of test your food as you get older billy's on the isle of Wight. billy question or answer oh hello good, good afternoon james it mm. is a question for me today um yeah I, I'm, I'm hoping it'd be a bit more of an interesting one i've always why you know like when we're reading a newspaper i think they've got those circle circle sort of colours at the bottom, like really small circles. Sometimes they're squares. Um, but I've always wondered what they're for and what their purpose is. I don't know what you're talking about. I believe you, <laughs> but I mean, I've, got, I've got a bunch of papers in front of me. I, I presume it's a printing calibration measure, isn't it, or something? Well, see, I, I was wondering this. I've, I've got, I don't know if you've got the eye in front of you, but I've, I've got the eye in front of you. And if you, if you turn to the sports page... Um, I, haven't you got know, it, I haven't got it with me. I'm not sure this is not sure this is working as a radio feature. <laughs> um, the thing is, it's green. Yeah. The green, the sports section is green, and there isn't any green on on that. You, you know, on on the squares or on the circles. It's really hard to explain, but I, I'm telling me. really interested. All right. So, <laughs> I, I mean, if I can't see it, so someone listening will know, but it's almost certainly a printing thing linked to printing. Yeah, it's, but it, you need it, to know more than that. So, like coloured, yeah, little yeah. coloured. How big are they? They're really small. I mean, they're, they're basically. Um, I, I think you're on the right lines because it's in, in terms of um, how big are they? Being, they're, they're about. Um, <laughs> I, d- I don't know. Like t- smaller than your little fingernail. Uh, not even. Not even the. Not even the so, size of your fingernail. And it's one colour. It's like so. You've got little <laughs> patches of colour on pages. Yeah, so they're like little. I mean, on the eye, it, they're squares, but they could be circle, and and yeah, like. You know, they sort of, they tend to be at the bottom of the page. All right, I'll uh, see what I can do. I'll I'll get a copy of the eye. That might be a start, and then I'll be able to describe it with a little bit more detail. I I shall find out for you. How's how's life on the Isle of Wight, Billy? Yes, no, it's going, um, it's going okay. I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to enjoy the weather, but, um... But no, obviously, I'm, um, uh, yeah. It's you know, I had one of the most frightening, frightening experiences of my life on the Isle of Wight. What's those cliffs called where they're all (laughs) multicoloured? What? You know the ones I mean, the multicoloured cliffs on the Isle of Wight. I, I don't know what you're referring to. <laughs> on the Isle of Wight? There's multicoloured yeah. cliffs. How long have you lived there? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, you're talking about, um, is that Alan Bay? Yeah, then you can buy the sand in little test tubes, all multicoloured. Was he laughing at me? It's the Isle of Wight. Anyway, there's a chairlift there. Whew. Seriously. It's 12.31. Simon Conway's here with me. It is 12.34. You are listening to Mystery Hour on LBC with me, James O'Brien. Questions that still need answers. Why are the home counties called the home counties? How fast... Stan, you've really stitched me up today, mate. How fast could a mouse run if it was the size of a human? I really like that question at the outside, at the start, at the outset. But now it's got that Alan Partridge tweet attached to it in my subconscious, and I can't say it without sort of feeling a bit like Alan Partridge. Um... 
Yeah, and the next question doesn't really help either. Is the language in Game of Thrones real or fake? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. What was the fella's name with the tongue? I've forgotten his name. That's odd. That's a sign of my age. Anyway, what he does, he sticks his tongue out a bit when he's about to try his food and he's wondering if that's a sign of age. I like that question. I like signs of age that I don't seem to have adopted yet. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. And that's um question from Billy on the Isle of Wight about colours on the uh on the old newspapers. Danny with the tongue, wasn't it? Yeah, well done. 12.35. Chris is in tooting. Question or answer, Chris? Hello, James. Hello, Chris. Question. Carry on. Um, is it possible to get 100% pure water? Yes. I don't believe you. Why not? It's because it's the universal solvent. Whatever you put it in, it will pick up some, some kind of... Um, Chemical or Do you think whatever. so? Yes, I do. Okay, what about... Get a vacuum... And get some hydrogen... And get some oxygen... And sort of fire them at each other in a vacuum... And you'll get water. Also, surely if you just boil it, it's pure, isn't it? And the steam no, that comes... No, no, it's got all sorts of stuff in it. Has it's it? got minerals and... Minerals? I was, I was talking... I don't want minerals in my water... Yeah, there's fluoride and chlorine and all that. Well, that's tap water, but, oh, no, yeah, some of those gases were. So, completely pure water. You just need to get two particles of hydrogen and one particle of oxygen. But how long would it, how long would it be that pure? Oh, that's not what you you asked, Mrs. As soon as you put it in something, it'll pick up a, it'll pick up a... Penguin. An atom of something or other. Okay, H2O, how how, how hard is it? I mean, you can create it. But can you keep it? That's what you want to know. Can you yeah. actually get a bottle of pure water? Purest water. Yeah. yeah. I was talking to a window cleaner yesterday. Good grief. And he says he uses 100% pure water, and I just don't believe him. He was, he was yanking your chain. Yeah. Wasn't he? Yeah. Was this, was this part of his marketing but spiel? I've Googled it, and I, I can't find the answer anywhere. Completely pure water. Nothing else in it. Not the sniff of a mineral or a fluoride or anything. Yeah. All right. You're on. But I like it. But I'm pretty confident that the window cleaner doesn't use 100% pure water. He, he might have been making a different point. Simon is in Littlehampton. Simon, question or answer? Oh, hi, James. Got an answer for you. Carry on, mate. Um, it's the printing one, or the newspaper... Um, marks that are on the sheet of the paper. They are called registration marks, and they are... All all colour printing is known as four-colour printing. You've got cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. So they will be the four colours that make up any printing. And I was sort of on hold, so I didn't quite hear the majority of his question, but he said something about why is it... The page he was looking at had a photo that, let's say, didn't have any red in it. Yeah. But the red marks will still be there because the dot that all the colour, all the four colour is made up of, every photo is made up of a, a density of dots. So if a red shirt is in the photo, the dot on the on the red, on the magenta, will be very heavy, quite yes. dense. Got you. And if there's some, if there's a white shirt or let's say a, a yellow shirt, the red dot there would be almost non-existent or it would be very faint. So you, of course you've got variances of I don't know, blue... And yeah, 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 yeah. No, I got, I got it. What, what are your qualifications? Um, litho printing, when I left school in 1981, and I left that industry in 2002 as a litho printer. Great work. 
And it's earned you this. Uh, not the other one. What do you mean, not the other one? The R one. No chance. You get a Ray Liotta for having worked as a printer once. I mean, come on, how much info do you want? Sh- I- that is the nearest I have come to swearing on the programme in a very long time, pal. I'm going to limit myself to a, for Pete's sake, you don't get a Ray Liotta because you once worked as a printer. Listen, that is extreme knowledge. It's not extreme knowledge. You get a Ray Liotta. If, if what happened yesterday, I was talking about dairy well, farming, and the first the caller was a dairy farmer. So if I built the machine, you'd be impressed. If you'd invented it. Oh, okay. I suppose that. Ray Leon. I'm not handing out them like confetti. I've already cheapened the round of applause over the years through amateurism. Thank you, Simon. And and also, it's quite a comeback a minute. That's quite ungrateful. I gave you a round of applause. You like my youngest? Give her a biscuit. She just asked for another one. Uh, No, I'm 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 happy to take it. Trust me. All right then. In fact, consider it taken. Okay. Carry on. Twelve forty is the time. Alex is in Guildford. Alex, question. 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 Ready. Question or answer, Alex? Answer, answer. Oh, come on, then. Reverse osmosis. Oh, come on, Axel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's one of my favourite things ever. In case you missed it, it was Alex who said, come on, Axel. It wasn't me. You say, God, that, what was what happened to the osmosis alarm? Why, why wasn't it working? Oh, he's, he's a bit of sacking, James. He, he paid I- the... Uh, Intro to memory. This be our last week when you needed the. I know he lent on the he lent lent on the wrong button. Uh, The worst thing was when we had the basically alarm a few years ago. Do you remember that? Yeah. uh no, no, relatively recent, isn't it? We used to have a basically alarm. If anyone said the word basically, we used to play a siren. And I had a new producer who was quite nervous. And someone was in the middle of a really, really harrowing and difficult story. And they'd obviously been told that James will get quite cross if you don't press the basically alarm if ever a caller says basically. And halfway through this really heartbreaking story, poor woman said basically. And the new producer hit the button and this wah, wah, the basically alarm went off in the middle of a real sort of tearjerker of a tale. Axel's defended himself quite rightly and said he doesn't actually know that you, you're correct. And if you misuse osmosis on the program, then the alarm isn't triggered. So That's fair enough. back That's to you, enough. Alex, back to you. So, uh, the lady asked about pure water. Yes. So, uh, just as uh, osmosis is like the process of something pure going to not so true, reverse osmosis, the opposite. You could create semi- pure water by doing that. Yes, yeah, so it goes through a semi permeable membrane at a pressure and uh, it rejects the unpure water and only the pure water. Is that right? It wouldn't, it wouldn't take any of the impurities with it. You can just burn hydrogen as well, of course. That's the other way to make pure water in the, in the short term. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a, I'm a window cleaner, and that's how we make the water to uh, to clean the wa- to clean the windows. It takes out all the minerals and all the. Uh, Is that that's, that's true? So I, the window cleaner who told her who told her that it was you use special water to clean windows with. Yes. So uh, you know when you're cleaning your your water in your garden baskets at home. Well, yeah, theoretically, yeah. not Steve Allen. Yeah. Of course. yeah. <laughs> well, though, anyway, so um, it, the water that's left on there always dries. So oh, yeah, of course it does. It might leave behind a residue. Yeah, so that's all the minerals and limescale. So if you take that all out through a process of reverse osmosis, <coughs> uh, you get pure water. It's, it's, it's about... For, but, I give up, honestly. <laughs> Have we met? Are you the Alex that came to see me when I was flogging the big issue in, the Cov- in Covent Garden? No, Because that, that's I'm weird. There's another Alex who's a window cleaner in Surrey who came to buy a big issue off me when I was flogging the big issue in Covent Garden a couple of years ago. How weird is that? No, wasn't me. That is weird. That is weird. Round of applause. Thank you. Uh, last. Well done, mate. There you go. Seriously. 
1243. I, I'm fine with that, Axel, mate. Don't worry, because it's been a long, long time. I'm surprised it still works. Was it, was it very rusty? Apparently very, very, very rusty. Uh, Morris is in Hendon. Question or answer, Morris? It's a question, James. Yes. Aerosol cans. Oh, yeah. You know, you get to the bottom of them, and you're always giving them a really violent shake to try and get that little bit more at the bottom. Yeah. It's not working. Does that make any difference? I mean, is there any reason for shaking it, or is it just habit? I like that. That's quite a nice question. So you're down to your last bit of deodorant, and, and you, you press the top and nothing comes out. You give it a shake nothing, and then press the top. And shake and sometimes it comes out more, you turn it upside down. Is there any, any reason we do that? Yeah. yeah, you're on. All right. Why do you want to know? It's quite an odd question, though. I like it. Don't get me wrong. Why do I want to know? Like, when I'm doing it, I'm, weirdly, I'm thinking mystery hour. Yeah. Thinking, yeah. Am I wasting my time here? Is it, is it, is it some sort of, sort of enhanced superstition type thing? I like that question. Um, shaking, the, shaking the old can, does it, does it actually sort of, uh, I don't know, agitate the, 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 the stuff left in the tin? Danny's tongue. The mystery of Danny's tongue. It's like a tale of the unexpected. When Danny is eating an apple, for example, or a sandwich, he, he has noticed in recent years that he started sticking his tongue out to sort of test the food before he has an actual bite. And we need to know whether or not that is quite commonplace or widespread. 03456060973. Is the language of, for example, Dothraki in Game of Thrones... A, a real language, is it? Yeah, I, I reckon it is, but why can't... I've had loads of answers via text. Why won't anyone ring in? Oh, three, it's because you're frightened of Caroline. Oh, three, four, five, six, oh, six, oh, nine, seven, three is the number you need for that. And I thought this would have been answered really quickly. How fast can a, would a mouse run if it was the size of a human? Uh, Luke is in Basingstoke. I'll come to him after the travel news. I've also still got the home counties question on the board. Have we not even done that yet? So all of those need answers. If you can answer any of them, ring in now, all right? Quick. It's 12.45. It's 12.49. Um, I, I ran through the questions that still need answers. I could possibly squeeze in a couple more if you're very quick, but I do like to um, complete my, uh, my my sheet by one o'clock. Uh, home counties, how fast could a mouse run if it was the size of a human? Languages in uh, Game of Thrones, sticking your tongue out to taste your food. Had a couple of calls um, from people. Danny, if you're listening, well, you better be, mate, because I'm trying to get an answer to your question. A couple of calls from people saying they do it too, but no guidance yet on whether or not it is a sign of encroaching. Um, decrepitude. Uh, we've done that one. And shaking the old can. There's a bit of dispute over the water question, but I think I think we got there in the end. If you want to break really pure water, burn burn some hydrogen, but I don't know how long it would take for that water, resulting water, to become impure. The the, 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 the answer we got off Alex in Guildford, who, who works as a window cleaner, is that they employ a process called reverse osmosis to purify water. It probably doesn't end up like completely H2O with nothing else in it, but that's why the window cleaner who asked, who, who told our questioner the original line was, was actually not yanking her chain or, or, or indeed swinging the proverbial lead. Luke is in Basingstoke. Question or answer, Luke? I've got an answer for you, James. Carry on, mate. So, uh, Dothraki language... Dothraki, the book, yes. In the books, he's only got a couple of words, a few phrases here and there. Right. He never really built on it at all. Um, but for the series, they got a chap, I think his name was David Peterson, he's a linguist, and he basically, from the small little bits they had in the books, he constructed the language for the series. Because uh, because it has to have some sort of consistency to it, otherwise uh, the, the actors would really struggle. Basically, yeah, because it's almost not nonsensical in the books, but sure. if, if the Dothraki were having a, a chat and they were around, you wouldn't need to write down what they were saying, whereas in the series, something has to be said. Of course. I love it. Yeah, qualifications? Oh, not, not been much. I've, I've, just, I've read the books front to back, love the series. I get involved in the forums, and I was 
I wanted to find out myself. So, what do you mean, nothing much? That's that's incredible round of qualifications. It's, it's just, I mean, the, the, you knew the name of the bloke that flipping invented the language. <laughs> well, I tried. Thank R- you very much. Great work. Round of applause for Luke. No, thank you. I, I tell you, my favourite moment in a long time was old Alex there saying, come on, Axel. Because it was my internal voice. It was like hearing my own internal voice from the other end of the phone line. It's the most bizarre thing. I'm literally on the brink of saying, come on, Axel. I'm doing it with my eyes. I'm trying to c- communicate with him. And then it, it, Alex says it. Oh, a lovely show today. Thank you, Luke. Um, I, I say a lovely show. I did get through. Someone did threaten to punch me earlier. But I, I like to think that we've made progress. We've come out of those dark times and we're heading for the sunny uplands. Nick is in Croydon. Nick, question or answer? Uh, hello, James. Hello, it's uh, home, home uh, counties, the answer. Go on, then. To it. It comes from the Army and Navy personnel coming home from, from the various world tours and European tours particularly during the 18th and 19th centuries. Are you sure? All the, yes, it's in the footnotes to both the Flashman books, George MacDonald Fraser. I learned a lot of history Rose. from them. I've learned a lot of history from the Flashman books. I love it because they, they kind good, of they? They smuggle in they knowledge. Are. They smuggle it very strong on the, the, the sort they're of Khyber Pass. Also, it's also in the naval books, the Aubrey Matterin naval books that your namesake patrick o'brien namesake with oh, a with a slightly and different are, differently spelt surname yes and and uh, they're also extremely good oh, I, I, yeah i mean because you've cited such impressive sources i, I i'm probably going to give you a round of applause a lot of people were oh, getting okay. in touch to say that they're just the nearest counties to london no the personnel were coming home they also would have needed to live in those counties albeit their natural homes may have been all over the country. The service, the Navy, particularly, would have needed to have places to live so that they could embark quickly yet when needed. Round so of applause. Br- no, nicely done. Round of applause for Nick. I like that. And if you got it from, from um, George MacDonald Fraser and Patrick O'Brien, then, then I saw George MacDonald Fraser make a speech at the Hay Literary Festival a few years ago. Oh. That often happens with my anecdotes. Uh, Iman is in Lightwater. Iman, question or answer? Question. Carry on. Um, why is the leap day in February? Why did we choose to have it in that month and not in any other month? Uh, how, how old are you, Iman? Fourteen. Fourteen, cool. I'm, ju- I'm just checking. The, um, I know the answer to this one, but I, I, well, I think I do. And the short answer is because it's the shortest month. So if you need to stick an extra day somewhere, it makes more sense to stick it on the shortest month. Oh, okay. Doesn't it? Thank you. Now yeah, you say why? Why, why is it the shortest month, James? Say that. Yeah. Why is it the shortest month? Well, it's funny you ask me that, Imam, because I, I, <laughs> I believe, I believe that it goes back to ancient Rome, and one of the emperors uh, wanted to add extra days to certain months to to mark August, for example, Augustus Caesar. So he nicked a day off February and stuck it on August. Okay. Oh. I thought you'd be a bit more impressed. I think July as well, maybe. I am impressed. You don't sound very impressed. Oh, I'm very sorry. <laughs> can, can I tell you again, and you'll sound a bit more impressed. Okay. All right. So ask me again. Well, why is Fe- why why is February the shortest month, Jane? Why is February the shortest month? Well, it's funny you should ask me that, Iman. I believe it has something to do with an, uh, with a Roman emperor or two being very keen to to, to 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 establish their own importance by having a month named after them with more days in it than other months. So Augustus Caesar nicked a day off February and stuck it on August. 
That sounds very interesting. Thank you. Told me. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, you're clearly a very, very bright young person. Let's share a round of applause. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. I, I was like, did you get more questions during the school holidays? And then my kids get cross with me for not letting them on. Uh, Twelve fifty-five is the time. Jonathan's in Guildford. Jonathan, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer, um, but it's uh, in conflict with the last replier. About the home county. Oh no, Stuart's inquiry at twelve fifty six. Twelve fifty six, mate. This is time no, gone. I'll, I'll be fast. I'll be fast. What have you got? Um, I understand it to be to do with judges' circuits when they were going around in, uh, doing the uh, presiding over the assize courts, and the London circuit was around the home counties. Apologies to those north of the Watford Gap, but London being home. That's why they were called the the, uh, the home counties. Well, I, I, I mean, won't fight him over it. Uh, Patrick O'Brien's books are brilliant. I agree with him on that. They are brilliant, and <laughs> I, so, so I don't remember it from there. But as I understand it, it uh, it's the judges' circuits and the home counties were the home were the, where they. Were it's, it's the same right. answer. It's just a different profession. You're saying yeah, it's home to the judges. They're saying exactly it's home to the right. soldiers. I, I'll give you I'll give you a round of applause as well. But I suspect it might be one of those things that doesn't have well, a definitive I, answer. There we go. Louise is in Warrington. Question or answer, Louise? Hey, I've got an answer today. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a terrible phone line. It's like we're in a car with the windows open, flying past lampposts. I'll come back to you in a second. Sandy's in Billingshurst. Sandy, question or answer? Uh, hi, James. Answer. How, do, how fast does a mouse, mouse run if it's the size of a human? Yeah, hang on. Um, Sheila, Fo- Sheila Fogarty's just come in. Sometimes I think she doesn't appreciate the intellectual rigour of this programme. Um, hello, hello, Sheila. What's going on? S- Sandy's about to explain how fast a mouse could run if it was the size of a human being. Oh, I was once broadcasting when a mouse ran across my hand. I remember that. So, it's uh, a famous I'm moment. All ears, Carry yeah. on, Sandy. <laughs> well, it depends on size. My son looked this up years ago, about 10 or 12 years ago, when he had his first pet, which was a mouse, watching it run round the wheel. And he came back after about 20 minutes and had calculated with his calculator that I would be able to run, uh, if it was my height, I'd be able to run at 150 miles an hour. And if it was his height, about 120. How Um, How did he work it out? Do you know? He looked up, as far as I'm aware, he looked up the size of a mouse, uh, how fast a mouse runs. And then got his calculator and worked out how... how bright lad you got, the bright lad you got there, Sandy. He, I'll tell you what, he was very bright. Um, I wrote a letter to NatWest Bank when I was closing my account once, and um, because they were a bit useless. Yeah. And uh, I, letter, I did say that uh, he did a lot of work for me. He was very good at it, and maybe he could have a job in, in January. <laughs> Give him a round of applause. Last word to Louise in Warrington. Shaking cans, Louise. Does it does it free up any content? Oh, you James. Can you read me? Okay. Oh, that's now. brilliant. Carry on. Oh, lovely. Sorry. Um, well, hopefully I've got an answer for you, and I hope you're not going to be too mean to me because it's the first time I've ever phoned. I, I promise not um, to be. But we are now in Sheila Fogarty's time, so I do need to hurry you up a tiny oh, bit. Okay. Right. Well, quickly, when you get to the um, the last part of the content of your canister, they will settle on the bottom of your canister. Yeah. And your compressed air that's within there needs to expel those particles so the only way you can get them to the top of the canister is to give it a shape so it completely works so it does it does work what are your um, qualifications louise i i work with fire extinguishers i'm a fire extinguisher engineer so when 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 you extinguish a fire you want to expel all of the contents so uh, 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 we employ different methods actually actually are you thinking what i'm thinking 
I'm Ray Liotta, and you're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Oh, my goodness. They will come. Got a railer, is it? Right, the close of play. Well played indeed. 12.59 is the time. There's a round of applause. Here's Sheila Fogarty. First time caller as well. Amazing. Isn't it? Thanks very much, James. From three, 50 years since homosexuality was decriminalized.